What's cracking, everybody? I'm Ace the Theorist, and this is the Nomad Theory. Bright and early at the TNT headquarters recording studio, doing a little intro for my friend David Nabinsky. As a prerogative, a new one on this season of the Nomad Theory. I've decided that during our interviews, we're going to sip interesting beverages, the guest and I. And I hadn't discovered that prerogative until a few weeks after uh, my actual interview with David. So in light of that situation and timing, we're just going to adapt a little bit. And I decided to drink my interesting beverage today. And it's a very interesting one. I just wanted to share a little bit about it, called Theobroma Cacao. But in this case, I am actually drinking a tea made of the husk that exists and grows on the outside of the bean itself. And cacao is a fruit-bearing tree that is native to the Amazonian basin. Uh, Dating back to 1500 to 1400 BC, the Aztecs first identified it as and was later named Theobroma cacao by Swedish natural scientist Carl Linnaeus, which means quite literally, food of the gods. So people definitely like drinking it, including myself. Uh, Delicious, delicious. Tastes like chocolate. I taste like I'm drinking liquid chocolate, but it's really only the, the most raw aspect of it. But today, I'm talking about... David Nabinsky, who could, in a sense, be called my ethereal digital podcast coach for the past year. Um, We actually did this show, this interview, on the exact one-year anniversary of when I started The Nomad Theory last year. So he is the host and producer of the Portfolio Career Podcast. He is extremely, extremely, extremely passionate about people intentionally designing their lives and careers. At the time of this recording, David was the coach for the Podcasting Fellowship, led by Seth Godin and Alexandra Diapalma. He is just really, really, really upbeat dude and always there for anybody who needs him. Like, completely unpaid. He's in charge of our alumni group on Facebook. Extremely active. Anytime you post anything, he'll respond. And he really just honestly wants everyone to be finding their passion in life. And I think he has, in in a lot of senses, with his podcast, Portfolio Career. So go check that out. He has a website called Portfolio Career Podcast. And his Instagram is David Nebs. N-E-B-S at the end there, David Nebs. He's already at, I think, episode 78 at the time of this recording. And that's pretty freaking impressive. In one year, 78 episodes. And very far wide-ranging conversations that he puts together. So hopefully this, this episode can reflect some of that. I was in New York for about a week, and he lives there. And just invited me up to his apartment. We had a good time. I think we just drank water there, but I did give him a different interesting beverage, and I'll just keep the name of that one secret. 
for future reference. Yeah, so thanks so much for listening to the Nomad Theory as usual. I'm Ace the Theorist. Stay wild, folks. Today, extremely special episode, uh, kind of an origin story episode, as well as some really good, really, really good concepts and tips for people who would have interest in doing a podcast at some point in their their future lives, and we're going to talk about the benefits of a podcast beyond being ridiculously famous in the city of New York, where I am right now with my... I don't know. I guess he would. We're definitely friends in a digital sense, and based on the first uh, twenty minutes we've spent here, uh, I think we're we're going to be friends in real life. So, yeah, thank you very much, David Nabinsky, for being here on the Nomad Theory. Thank you so much, Ace. It's an honor. Yeah, we've been in communication for like, pretty much exactly a year. Yeah. I think is today the fifteenth. Today is the fifteenth. So this is the day that I released my first episode after uh, the the podcasting fellowship with seth godin and before that we went through the podcasting fellowship itself and that was originally introduced to me through an email that was sent out through seth's blog and i remember when i was doing when i heard it uh i I guess it was like a morning i was kind of wondering what i should be doing with my life i thought about doing a podcast before loved listening to them and bada bing, Seth says, hey, if you're, a, it was originally geared towards college-age students, and I was a college-age student, but not in college, so I was like, oh my god, I don't know if I can do this since I'm not in school, but I applied anyway, and got in. Do you remember what you were up to at that time? Yeah, um, well first, yeah, this is so special being together, thank you so much for having me on the show, um, and it's so great to meet in person, I feel like we've connected and, and collaborated on many different ideas and contributed each o- to each other's work, which I think is so important. And so this is such an honor to be here together with you. I remember, yeah, getting that email about the podcasting fellowship and I didn't really have a digital presence. I didn't really have a body of work. I had been working on a couple of different projects and a couple of different, um, professional types of work. And I just had a bunch of people that were asking me like, who are you? What are you doing? And I was kind of like, it's working. And, you know, and I kind of came from a place where I, about a year or so before then I'd left a startup and it was tough. And so I started kind of building up different projects and working in different fields, trying to figure out what I could do, how I could contribute, how I could learn. And then people started asking me questions like, let's grab coffee. I want to, I, I, I don't understand this. And I was kind of like, I, I, it's working. And then to Seth, Seth Godin, I've re- been reading his daily blog for a while. And then he talked about this podcasting fellowship and just the way it was laid out in terms of creating a podcast, doing work with a community was just hit me spot on at the right time because people had been asking me this question. I felt like there wasn't really a way for me to communicate this. And so the best way I thought to do it was by talking to other people that I saw were had a similar type of framework, but I had never actually talked to them about uh, how they looked at their career or how they were professionally bonded about other types of interests or other types of skills or other types of uh, philosophies, but not 
how did they set up their kind of career? And so it just was boom, 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 perfect timing. And then, yeah, then the summer happened and here we are. Yeah. Um, so yeah, your podcast is called the portfolio career podcast and, uh, it's part of the portfolio career blog and newsletter. And you have a coaching session associated with it now, or you're, you're, you're since having graduated, um, become the, I call them like the patriarchal digital personality of our Facebook alumni group and been extremely helpful, helpful for me weekly updates and questions about how our progress is going. So thank you so much for that. Uh, I would not be recording this episode period. If it were not for the alumni group, I would have lost steam. I think maybe not a long time ago, but it's very possible. I wouldn't be doing this right now. So Mm. yeah, thank you very much, David. Um, so this, this little, my sister, we'll get into the portfolio career podcast here in a second, but my sister sent me a picture of this tweet and it was some girl's account. I don't know. She was, she had a few followers, but the quote was, I think a guy is brave when he doesn't start a podcast. And it, I mean, it made me upset, of course. And really, how many people do you know that start a podcast? It, it's kind of, it's a buzzword, the word podcast, and there's a lot of them on Spotify and Apple Podcast. And Spotify might be taking over Apple. We don't know. We, I, th- I think they are. I like their platform better. But uh, and then this, the one of the comments was, someone should start a podcast about dumb tweets, starting with this one. <laughs> So my question is, Seth Godin, uh, he claims that everyone should have a podcast. And I think that's how he starts off one of his emails promoting the uh, fellowship. So do you, do you agree with that? I think a podcast is super important. And I think that it has been, it has kind of fundamentally changed the way that I see myself and how I think about type of the work that I want to do. And, you know, I I don't really consider myself a writer. Um, and I feel like having a conversation and sharing ideas with people is, is so important and to be able to record it and to go back to it and to listen to it and to share it for others. Yeah. I think that's super, super important. And so I think podcasting is, is and having conversations and listening and learning and creating is a lifelong skill and a lifelong and creating meaningful work is super important and i think a podcast is meaningful work yeah especially for the people who need the information you're providing them and you really can't know exactly what they need until you start giving them a little bit and people give you feedback so i've enjoyed uh, listening to your show over the past year and every so often throwing out how I felt about it and you do the same for me. It's great. Thanks to Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, I mean, yeah, uh, we talk about uh, publication methods in a little bit, but um, why, why did you choose the portfolio career as the name and uh, overall theme of your show? Yeah, it's a good question. I think when I got accepted into the fellowship. That was the name that I had in mind. And I had 
read a little bit of work and I've followed a couple other people that had shared the kind of concept or there were some resources on it, but there wasn't as much as I would have liked um, or it just was a little bit of a newer idea. Um, and, and so I decided to, I had a, a, a finance background was, was some of my uh, first work. And so the concept of having a portfolio and like visually me seeing that and thinking about it going up or down or sideways, uh, was really helpful to me to think about kind of my career and, you know, that whole like up and to the right. And there's always the zigzags and stuff like that, but thinking about that, um, was really helpful for me. And that's how I try to think about how do you, you know, what areas are you investing into and, and, or what areas are, you know, where are you getting a return of in your portfolio? And sometimes you're, you know, sometimes what you're getting a return on could be, you know, capital. And sometimes it could just be relationships. It could be learning. There's a lot of different kind of inputs into that. And so I really like that kind of concept. Um, so that's where that kind of portfolio idea and naming, and there's a couple other articles and a couple other people that I really look up to that had been kind of talking about this a little bit. Um, and so, yeah, here we are. Yeah. That's an interesting way to think about it that I actually hadn't. I was, uh, thinking more about an artist's portfolio and having your different um, pieces to display and these pieces being different skills or jobs you've worked at that are all conducive to each other and say, this is the theme of my work so far. You can obviously see where it will go in the future based on what I've already done instead of saying I'm good at this, but not having the proof to say you did. But you're saying it's more in your head, at least that, and your head is probably the one that matters most seeing it's your, as, as your podcast. But, uh, it's like your investment portfolio and you're essentially buying stock or shares in a certain skill. And then over time, based on your continuing connections with people and work you put in, you see how much of a return it gets. And if it's not improving your life the way that you would want or your project the way you want, then maybe you start investing in a different avenue. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's a couple of different articles. And, and so it's for mostly for kind of knowledge workers. I think that that's, you know, the type of work that, that you and I do and, and stuff. And so, you know, I, I'm not a designer. I'm not a uh, an artist, but we're knowledge workers. And so there's different either long-term projects that we've worked on, which is maybe two or three years at a company. That's a project. That's the same thing as like a body of work as an artist may take two, three years to create something. And so that's how I try to think about it. There's a really great article, um, and I had the thankful honor of interviewing him. His name is Tiago Forte. He had an article called The, F- the Rise of the Full Stack Freelancer. And so that's been another kind of way to think about this. Um, and yeah, I think that one of the ways, especially that we learned through the podcasting fellowship was just committing to something and doing the work and then seeing what happens after it. And that's what I think is just so important for taking an idea and building upon it and seeing it where it goes and learning and testing and experimenting along the way. Yeah. I'd be interested in checking out that article. There was another one I read that you posted earlier. I don't know if it was, it was something on Forbes, I think, Yeah. which 
do you know was that the same person that's another article um by christina wallace and that's another really great resource that had been super helpful to me as well and i can share that with you as well yeah maybe we'll throw that on the show notes uh yeah, I think portfolio career is going to be more of a buzzword moving forward here versus like freelance. Freelance starts to get a little bit of a negative co- connotation, even though Seth is all about the word freelance. Um, so I was this one little question that would maybe be playing the devil's advocate here. And as always, would, thank you to our all of these friends, the good lords for their skills, song, Evidence Song. Not to say they're always separated make us less specialized over time if everyone was doing everyone's probably not gonna even want to do have a portfolio career but maybe an issue might be thinking okay i did this for now it was fine but not fully getting into it almost like i almost did with podcasting where i started it said oh it's on my portfolio but i didn't really invest that much time so what how long do you think you have to invest in a avenue for it to be really enriching to your portfolio yeah it's a good question and i would have to probably go back to some of my kind of financial background and stuff in terms of like the rate of learning that happens from a new skill or a new project like there's something about you know, you can learn 70 or 80 or 9% by doing 15% of the work, Some, something along those lines. And I'll have to look into those stats a little bit more. But, you know, there's those, whenever you're trying to learn something brand new for the first time, you your rate of learning is really high. And then you can reach a certain plateau. And then you can continue to go up, but your rate of learning is not as much. Um, not as exciting after so much time, perhaps. It depends, but also you be you can also have become a master, specialized in in that way, and then people can know you as that person or know that you can really have that expertise in that field. And so I think that you know we're all very unique people, and so by experimenting and working on different things is how we understand what really lights us up, what, what society wants from us, what do we want to flex or flex up or flex down. And so I think by, you know, looking back to see what's in your portfolio, you'll be able to better assess going forward as well. And so that's why, you know, at the end of the day, we we're specialized in who we are and that's the most important thing is ourselves. And we have the opportunity to learn pretty much for the most part, anything we want to, if we have the desire, the community, you know, like the podcasting fellowship, um, we have people that are contributing to our and supporting us and celebrating us. Um, so yeah, that's how I kind of think about special specialization, mastery and, and having these different, and, and that's another thing too, is as you become, proficient and professional in multiple areas you're able to then kind of bob and weave and and be able to experience uh, reflect upon what you're experiencing in one area and connect it to another area as well so Mm. a little a little bit wish a little i hope that's helpful but 
that's how I kind of think about specialization as, as, as ourselves. That's something I appreciate about uh, the New York state of mind, at least for people in their stride here in the big city, is that I noticed this on my other podcast guests I interviewed earlier this week, but you guys seem to have this unbreachable positivity where even though I throw that that question where I'm trying to test it, I guess you could say, which I do that to myself probably way too much, but even though I tried to test it, you were able to just change a few words and all of a sudden it becomes positive to be specialized in yourself instead of not being specialized in something else, uh, more specific, like a skill. And, uh, not to say yourself isn't specific if you're good at it, but yeah, that's something I picked up here and hopefully can, can practice a little bit more moving forward. So yeah, speaking of timelines, you were talking about the past and the future. We've already talked about the past and uh, a little bit about the current situation of your your show and network and platform. And something I just listened to on the way here, which was very exciting to me, got me in the mood for this interview, was your interview with Seth Godin, kind of our, one of our internet hero role models. And it was so potent for how short it was considering Seth's busy schedule. Uh, I think one of the most favorite parts of it was when he was talking about uh generous down versus hustling up and um, well, first of all i think you are doing this with me right now and thank you for that so what well, how would you describe generous down we were talking about it a little bit yeah first such an honor and a privilege to interview seth godin and clearly it wouldn't have happened without your support and the podcasting fellowships support and just that overall community. So, um, so thank you for being a part and contributing to that. For sure. Um, so generous down. Yeah, that was, um, it was one of the last, last couple of minutes where Seth mentioned that. And I think, you know, what I feel like I've been getting more and more satisfaction in my life as when I am teaching and helping and connecting with other people, um, to see other people's growth. And then as, and then I'm growing from that too, that's, that's thrilling and special. And I think that that's what, um, what generous down meant, meant for me was how, how to, how can you help somebody else? And by doing that, you're also, it's becomes very rewarding for yourself as well. And sure. You know, I think, um, trying to find other people that are above you so that you can learn from them and that you can also see a path forward is really important too. But the more that you can help other people, um, you know, that then it also creates opportunities for you that you don't even expect. It feels good too. I don't know how you feel when, at least since then, you have become more and more a linchpin, which is another term that Seth Godin uses in that you put forth an emotional capacity and go way above and beyond. I remember when we first graduated, I think it was within a few days, you had the Podcasting Fellowship Alumni Facebook group set up. And since then, I have not stopped 
keeping us together as a group. Mm. And uh, now you're working with Seth as a coach in the podcasting fellowship, which originally I thought it was only going to be like a one-time thing or a couple-time thing, but they're on the fourth one now, right? Correct. Yeah, this is the fourth one. Okay. What What is your role in that? I'm I'm curious. Yeah, I have the lucky honor to be a coach. Um, so along with a couple other coaches in the in the program in the workshop, and yeah, I think it's such an honor to be able to contribute, continue to learn and connect with more and more people around this global community of people wanting to be podcasters, people wanting to create work. Um, yeah, it's such an honor. So yeah, my role is as a coach. Role as a coach and a linchpin. <laughs> the other one is uh, Alex De Palma, who was super generous and and very reachable during the podcasting fellowship. Where any question you had, you send her a DM and she gets back to you immediately. That was super valuable. Like for the amount of money that the podcasting fellowship was, I got so much more out of. I maybe I haven't actually gotten a return financially but <laughs> like emotionally socially connection wise goes back to the portfolio right yeah, <laughs> yeah what are you putting value on it's, it's it's a yeah. what are you putting value on what do you mean by that yeah i mean you, you mentioned i hadn't gotten the return financially but in so many other ways you've gotten uh, the return on right you said socially you said um mentally um probably you know educationally you know um you got Hopefully, I'm using your words here, but it seems like you got a really great return on the money that you spent to be in the fellowship. I think I have for sure. For show, for show, to use my favorite word in the English language. Uh, so now we're moving forward here. Keep the keep the mo, keep the momentum. And you've been keeping your momentum. That's probably how Seth was open to doing the interview with you versus, I don't think, eventually I might be able to do something with him or Alex but you got to keep that mo going instead of falling to the dip. So to, as part of that, you have to have a, a streamlined production process. Speaking of podcasting specifically. So as a coach, what are, if we're talking about the percentages of what you can input to get that, that 15 to get your, 85% back what are what's like one trick or tool that you've discovered over your journey in the past year that has been more helpful than all the others if there were one so I would say the biggest thing that has been helpful to me has been making a commitment to myself and to the body of work that I want to do. And I think the podcasting fellowship community and just being involved in that community, whether that's the Facebook group and knowing that I'm going to post something Monday morning, you know, as I'm doing that, I'm in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, where do I stand on this? Am I making the progress that I want to? Um, you know, that's an informal group, but if I'm not creating um and i'm not making progress how, how can i even make a, a post like that to say what are you guys doing this week 
I'm not doing anything, but what are you doing? You know, like you can't, you can't do that. So, um, I think, you know, I'm still such a beginner podcaster. And so I, I can't really offer too many call it technical tips, but I think, you know, finding ways where you can, um, you know, commit and tell other people and is, is super important. And, you know, I still, I probably should get into a better scheduling and production workflow. I don't really batch as much as I know that some people do. I just am kind of like thinking about what am I publishing this week? Am I ready? Am I getting ready for the next week? What do I need to, what do I need to do? If not, what do I need to do to get ready for the next week? And that kind of cycle, I think I'm always a little bit on edge because of that in a good way. And that edge is around learning, creating, And I think that that is, you know, such a gift and something that I'm super grateful for to have that kind of opportunity to be able to thinking about learning, thinking about creating, thinking about hopefully talking to other people. And being in New York City is quite conducive to the podcast game. (laughs) (laughs) Any, I mean, not only that there are so many more people, but those people that are here seem to be willing to sit down and have a conversation with you versus maybe Pittsburgh where it's like, Oh, I don't even know what a podcast is, <laughs> but here everyone knows what a podcast is. Um, do you have any tips for finding guests? Well, my first guest was my roommate. So, um, that was helpful. Um, I think other tips are, you know, if you, you know, think about who is potentially a part of this community, part of the movement. And if you don't have an existing relationship with them, maybe try to find ways that you can start to form a relationship with them. So maybe, you know, contributing to some of their work, commenting on some of their work. You know, I think more and more people are on many different social platforms these days. So, you know, being generous and helping people out always gets noticed. And so that's how you can start. That's where you start building relationships is by helping people. So once you start helping people, and then again, podcasting is, you know, a generous act of creating and sharing ideas for each other. So, it's not like you're, um, it's a lot different than a sales pitch, so to speak. So I would say, you know, to try to start form relationships, think about who is in your potential kind of call it community or people you want to talk to and start trying to build relationships with them. And then, you know, over time, as you have a body of work, then it's a lot easier to show people a body of work to say, here's what I've done. You know, I've talked to some, I've talked to a friend, uh, just like you, I'd love to interview you to talk to you about these types of things, but yeah, just start and then keep growing and then keep trying. That's one of Seth's biggest words of advice on your episode, which is to have your body of work accessible and something you can say here, I made this from the get go instead of having there be some impending promise of the work that's going to be there. Um, so yeah, that is pretty much all I got here. Do you have any other big names 
that you are like your idea, like your dream guests you've had in mind for a while? TBD. I think, okay. um, you know, I think every conversation is an honor and a gift and a special, and I'm just grateful for each one. Um, we'll see where things go. You know, I think I'm really excited about the progress I've been making and I'm really grateful for it. And, um, yeah, it's been interesting to see how, you know, going back to doing the body of work and how, you know, the podcast has evolved and people who I want to learn from and talk to has evolved as well too. So, um, you know, stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> and as far as publication methods go, you're on Facebook is where I, I, I see your episodes when they're released and you have a newsletter now, uh, as well as all the socials, anywhere you can get podcasts with people. It's not like as simple as people think when they say, Oh, anywhere you get your podcast, but Spotify doesn't even have Joe Rogan experience, for example. So I don't know why he's not on there yet. Maybe it's because his episodes are three hours long and Spotify doesn't want to pay for it. But uh, yeah, what, uh, which one of those methods, one more quick question, do you find the most reception from for listeners? You know, I, I guess it depends on kind of what the goal is. And I feel like for me, a podcast is a start of the conversation. And, you know, it's recording a conversation, publishing the work. But ideally, I want the, the conversation to continue. So I want other people to experience it. I want them to have make a change. I want them to f- feel and act a certain different way. And it can be very, very small, but they can just notice something and say, oh, that's interesting, plants a seed in their mind. And then a couple months later, it then they, then it, it then pops back up. So I think, you know, different platforms, you know, I've seen, I think LinkedIn is, is an interesting place for, because that's where professionals are on that platform. Um, I think I've, yeah, I've had some pretty good conversations on there as well. Yeah. Okay. And that's yeah, maybe someone, not as many people use that one. Yeah. That's, a, that's the thing for me right now is if I'm going, I'm going to produce these episodes and I'm going to publicate them, but I want to make it worthwhile and get my return. So I think a, a, a newsletter is pretty essential and I'm just haven't gotten onto that one yet, but Oh, I should totally do that. In any case, this has been a delight on this kind of sweaty New York City uh, afternoon. But thank you so much, David, for your continued linchpin support. And check out the the, uh, the portfolio or the portfolio career podcast anywhere. Uh, any other messages for your listeners, New York? No, just keep uh, keep doing the work, keep making progress, and yeah, keep following your interests and. Yeah, generous down. Generous down, people. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. This is the Nomad Theory. I'm Ace Ride now. Stay well, folks. Thanks, Ace. So, there you have it. 
At TNT Network, we are constantly testing and reporting on new theories and sustainable side hustles. A combination of these discoveries may liberate your income or give you the inspiration to embark upon a gap quest. Your optimal combination of theories can support you while you move from HQ to HQ or from mindset to mindset or from business to business as a nomad might travel from home to home. By implementing the core principles and strategies of TNT, you have the power to explore different lifestyles before deciding exactly which one is meant for you. There's way less pressure to find your passion and way more time to decide than we've been thought. Feel free to hit me on Twitter at AceTheTheorist or send me an email, but please be sure to check out nomadtheory.net. Nomadtheory.net is a resource for individuals with specified gumption. It is also a tool for those who have no idea what to do with their lives. In either case, my hope is that any blunders and successes incurred while testing the Nomad Theory benefit your bootstrap business, or at least make you smile. To hear about the Nomad Theory itself, or the quote that started it all, check out the first podcast episode. Or you can jump in with the rest of the network and listen to the latest episode from Season 2 while sipping an interesting beverage. Together, as a network of nomadic theorists, we will rearrange the false expectations for people who want to try something new instead of following the paths already traveled. Thanks for listening to The Nomad Theory. I'm Ace the Theorist. Stay wild, folks. And as per usual, thank you to the good lords for their song, Evidence Song. Stay wild.